get things done. If you want to do something, use a PC. If you want to get something done, use a Mac. Those were the very words I spoke about eight years ago when I mastered the art of working with my very first Apple computer. The simplicity, elegance, and productivity of the Cupertino experience had me convinced that the core business of Windows Computer was not getting things done for you, but running spyware and uh, participating in botnets to get things done for some dingy hacker in his mother's basement down in the southwest of the Ukraine. And in many ways, my statement was correct. I'd been lured into the Cupertinian crag the same way a lot of people got into Apple. I got an iPod. After the iPod came the first Mac Mini, then the first iBook, then the first iMac, and so on. These days, my house consists mostly of hardware that bears the seal of Newton's falling fruit. Yet I start to wonder, is that still absolutely necessary? To answer this question, let us look back to the state of the technological landscape back in those times. Apple had just released Tiger, bringing some sense of stability and usability to the fairly new 10th iteration of their operating system. Where OS 1-9 still leaned heavily on its Xerox roots, OS X stood on the shoulders of a BSD kernel and offered a clean but fairly customizable interface for us to utilize. Windows, on the other hand, had just delivered its long-overdue baby called Vista, and even though the entire industry considered it to be a miscarriage, still decided to release its fledgling into the world. The Linux wars were still raging in full force as different factions of the Debian and Red Hat camps fought in a pyroclastic flame war on the newsgroups, incinerating each other's arguments and scorching any newbie who dared to come close with a novice question. In that landscape, Apple was truly a shining beacon of productivity with its iLife and iWork suite, its slick hardware and elegant operating system, its fancy MP3 player, and its endorsement by the graphic and intellectualist society that this was the way to go. But today, it's perhaps a different story. The one thing that has dramatically changed is Apple's focus. To me, the first sign was its infatuation with the iPhone and the mobile market, Probably to be considered Apple's most popular and profitable product of all time, the iPhone has also changed the very DNA of its maker. Apple used to be about creativity, and I emphasize on the word create. Want to write a novel? Get a Mac. Want to get into graphic design? Get a Mac. Wanted to call your mom or play a game where you throw birds at blocks. Get a Mac? Sorry? What? Indeed, 
Back then, the core focus of Apple was not aimed towards entertainment or communication, at least not until the iPhone came along. And in those days, since Steve Jobs picked that magical device from its pocket, Apple has changed considerably. As I looked around the workspaces of my friends who did graphic design, I saw their Apple workstations age with time. The near-orgasmic cries of joy that they uttered whenever an update was released diminished with every iteration and turned into small grunts of frustration as the upgrade to their shiny silver tower was once again postponed. But for the rest of us grunts, Apple still had something to offer. Superior hardware and a powerful operating system. But the decay of the latter started to show its flatulent underbelly with the arrival of Snow Leopard. In the spirit of iOSifying the operating system, certain power features got hidden away in favor of some iOS-like enhancement that were supposed to bridge both operating system. In essence, OS X was getting dumbed down. Oh well, if you're a slider and don't like a certain kind of operating system, you just dual boot a second operating system onto Apple's superior hardware, right? As long as that hardware remains superior, there is no problem. But aside from the fact that Apple's innovation curve on its desktop and laptop platform was becoming an exceedingly flatter slope, its prices continue to keep the same high standards. As the competition, Samsung, Acer, Asus, caught up with equally fancy ultrabooks at an equally fancy price, Apple decided it would be a good idea to remove all of the removable parts from its hardware. The new iMacs got glued shut. The MacBook Pros had no user-replaceable parts. The power users started to lose the one thing they had over the Apple experience. Control. So, do I still buy the Cupertino party line when I'm out shopping for a new computer? I used to say, of course, but that's starting to change. Advising a friend of mine, an aspiring power user, on a new laptop yesterday, I heard myself utter the words Asus and Linux in one single sentence. The request that queried this answer was one motivated by the option of control, being able to do stuff with the hardware you can do stuff with. As many flavors of Linux start to mature, Apple is not the default answer anymore. Not even for the creative minds. And if you are on a budget and would like to add your own sticks of RAM or an SSD drive to the polished silver of Cupertino, well, with the latest model that is no longer the default way to go. What it comes down to is that there are no certainties in the computer industry. With the ever faster pace of digital evolution, today's masters of the industry become tomorrow's outcasts. Where the outcasts became the underdogs and the underdogs become the new heroes. In a couple of years' time, I've seen companies and technologies fade to the background step back up to the plate and embrace and be embraced or rejected by the ever-growing crowd of consumers. In the end, Apple has not lost its shine, 
but it is no longer the company it was when I crawled out out of the shades of oblivion called Microsoft. It is no longer the underdog, but neither is it the prettiest girl at the ball. Microsoft is no longer the corporate suit, and Linux seems to have trimmed its wildest beard and nose hairs. Everybody loses some shine, and everybody gains some. The great thing about this is that there are no longer default answers to standard question. And if the default reside, the power of choice arises. You've been listening to Nightwise. You can find more articles and the Nightwise.com podcast at www.nightwise.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-W-I-S-E dot com. The podcast with hacks, tips, and tweaks for cross-platform geeks. Nightwise.com Tired of choosing between Macs, Linux, and OS X? Listen to the Nightwise.com podcast and learn how to slide from operating system to operating system using our hack tips and tweaks for cross-platform geeks. Tune tech into your way of life and let technology work for you instead of the other way around. www.knighttwise.com You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.